you can listen to The Front on your smart speaker every morning. To hear the latest episode, just say, play the news from The Australian. From The Australian, here's what's on The Front. I'm Kristen Amiot. It's Tuesday, January 16. The government has promised to deliver billions of dollars in budget cuts to the National Disability Insurance Scheme, but taxpayers won't know how they did it. That's because the Treasury Department has blocked the release of the economic modelling relied upon to make the cuts. It says it needs to keep the numbers under wraps to avoid a blow-up with the states. Foreign Minister Penny Wong touched down in Jordan overnight. It's the first stop on her week-long tour of the Middle East where she'll visit Israel, but not ground zero for the ongoing conflict between Israel and Hamas militants in Gaza. In today's episode, why critics say Wong's travel planning isn't up to scratch. One hundred days. That's how long it's been since militants from the Hamas terrorist group launched a devastating attack on Israel's southern regions. 100 days since Jewish civilians were gunned down in their homes. (laughs) 100 days since petrified women and children were snatched from their hiding places. 100 days since young revellers were massacred and taken into unknown horror. 100 days of unrelenting bloodshed born of retaliation. And on only six of those 100 days did the gunfire quiet. Now, after 100 days of war, Australia's most senior government official to date will visit the Middle East. Foreign Minister Penny Wong will spend the next week meeting with the families of Israeli hostages and Palestinian victims of settler violence. She'll hold talks with her counterparts in hopes of forging a path to a permanent end to the killing. And she'll tour Jordan and the United Arab Emirates, as well as Israel and the occupied Palestinian territories. But notably absent from the minister's itinerary is a visit to the conflict's ground zero, the southern Israeli towns decimated in that October 7 attack. I think all of these meetings are about engaging with a wide cross-section of perspectives and parties uh, in the region and to put Australia's view, but also to listen. And it is an opportunity to do that. Prime Minister Anthony Albanese told Radio National on Monday that Minister Wong's itinerary is a matter for her. And I think that having meetings uh, as the foreign minister is in Jordan, in Israel, in the occupied Palestinian territories and the UAE is an important contribution to support what is an international diplomatic effort towards a durable Mm. peace that everyone wants to see in the Middle East. But the backlash to the omission was swift, particularly among members of the opposition and the Australian Jewish community. Here's Shadow Immigration Minister Dan Tian on Sky News. It is going to be a missed opportunity if she doesn't go there. And that's why I say to the Foreign Minister, 
no one is going to criticise you for taking some extra time. Just to cut that bit short seems like you're not getting the balance right. Shadow Minister for Foreign Affairs Simon Birmingham visited the ravaged kibbutzim in southern Israel in December and said Penny Wong's trip to Israel seems half-hearted by comparison. The co-CEOs of the Executive Council of Australian Jury, Peter Wertheim and Alex Rivchin, said in a statement that Wong's decision to skirt the massacre sites represents a serious error in judgment, while others called it an insult. And still, the criticism is pouring in. It's a conundrum that represents the difficult line Labor is walking when it comes to this conflict. It's been a long time coming, this trip. Ben Packham is the Australian's foreign affairs and defence correspondent. And for the Labor Party, it has been quite a difficult issue because of its electoral support in seats that are more sympathetic to the plight of the Palestinians, whilst it is also in no way condoning what happened on October 7. It sought to tread a very sort of fine line between the two sides of this. And I think increasingly we've seen Labor being and the Albanese government being much more critical of Israel. However, it does maintain that Israel has a right to defend itself. Now, it's calling for a ceasefire, but it's saying that this ceasefire cannot be one-sided. And therein lies the difficulty of the Albanese government's position because Hamas is not negotiating. So, yes, there is a long history there between the Palestinians and the Israeli government. There are, I would say, some quite legitimate grievances, particularly in terms of the settlers in the West Bank. However, Israel is also a nation surrounded on all sides by countries that wish its destruction. And it would, I believe, love a state of affairs where it could get along with the Palestinians, but it is subjected by Hamas and other militants to regular attacks and the worst of which we saw was on October 7. So this is a very difficult issue and it's a difficult issue for the Labor Party because of its own constituencies. Even so, Ben says it's hard to understand the omission from Wong's Middle Eastern itinerary. Now, Penny Wong goes over there trying to tread this middle path. It is difficult to understand why she would not pay a visit to those communities to pay Australia's respects. But it's possible she also sees that as a potential distraction for her visit. And it must be said that she is going to be speaking to the families of a number of those killed. And so she's not ignoring the issue altogether. She will also be visiting the West Bank. She will be making Australia's views clear on Israeli settlements in the West Bank and particularly violence perpetrated by settlers there. And so it will be interesting to see how Penny Wong navigates the difficulties. And so it's going to be a very nuanced message that we're getting from her there, as it has been all of the way through, really. Coming up after the break, how new tensions are threatening Labor's peace mission in the Middle East. 
troubled young woman, her evil parents. We never had any issues between us. Has justice been done? I'm in a prison. Join journalist Richard Gilliatt as he delves into one of Australia's most gripping cases. Shadow of Doubt, a new podcast investigation from The Australian. I cannot find one of these allegations that's possible. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts. As the Australian government walks a tightrope on the Israel-Gaza conflict, it's also juggling its obligations to some of its staunchest defence allies. But more than once since October 7, Australia has broken ranks. In December, Australia voted in favour of immediate ceasefire at the United Nations. And in the last days of 2023, this happened. South Africa has launched a case at the International Court of Justice accusing Israel of genocide against Palestinians in Gaza. The application calls for the ICJ to order Israel to immediately suspend military operations in Gaza. The Department of Foreign Affairs has since been criticised for staying silent on the ICJ proceedings, while Prime Minister Anthony Albanese said this. We obviously are not a participant in the process, don't intend to be a participant in the process. What we want is to see a political solution. So what is it about this conflict that's given the government confidence to strike out on its own more than once? Here's Ben Packham again. Penny Wong is a very nuanced politician. So I think that comes as no surprise and it's a completely different issue. But Australia under Labor has put forward a very different position on China than it did under the Morrison government. So this, in some ways, is Penny Wong's style. She is not a sort of all the way with the USA type of foreign minister, notwithstanding her very strong support for the alliance and all of that history that we have with the US. It is our greatest security partner, but she is much more willing to chart a different course than the US, particularly on this issue. So that is going to be a feature of her tenure as foreign minister. It's a very different position to what we saw with the coalition government. And it's not going to win her a lot of friends in certain circles, but I think the US understands Australia is a sovereign nation and can make its own positions. But out there in voter land, the voters who support Israel aren't going to be happy with the government and those who support the Palestinians think that the government is not going far enough in its support. So she's probably not winning either way. Even as Foreign Minister Penny Wong seeks a permanent ceasefire in the war-torn Middle East, the violence is spinning off in different directions. The Red Sea links the Mediterranean Sea and the Suez Canal to the Indian Ocean, making it one of the busiest shipping routes in the world. It's been under attack by Houthi rebels since November. The group siege is part of a growing retaliation for Israel's ongoing bombardment of Gaza. The Houthis are backed by Iran, meaning they have a fearsome arsenal at their disposal. The Houthis are backed by Iran. They are quite well armed. They have 
weapons that even the Australian Defence Force doesn't have, including some pretty nasty unmanned aircraft and some ballistic missiles. The Houthis are defiant, so this is potentially going to be an issue going forward. And Hezbollah, which is also backed by Iran, is threatening to rain rockets down on Israel. So those two enemies of Israel are really threatening to expand this conflict and that can't be good for anyone, certainly not among our friends. Last week, the US and the UK launched a series of airstrikes on Yemen in a bid to get the Houthis to back off. This time around, Australia answered the call of its allies, agreeing to send a handful of Australian personnel but no warships to assist with the mission. Prime Minister Anthony Albanese said on Monday that the government had done as it was asked and provided the help that's required. But the Australian's Cameron Stewart is revealing today that Australia is yet to come good on that promise. And what's more, when they do eventually get there, those Australian personnel won't play a practical role in the strikes against Houthi rebels. So, again, the government is on a tightrope. Is it too much or not enough? The Prime Minister, I think, should just be up front when he says we've provided the assistance that has been sought. Australia has committed to provide an extra six people to the combined maritime force based in Bahrain, which is a US-led initiative. The US asked for us to provide a ship. We did not for a number of reasons, provide that ship. So just be upfront about it. It is a minimal contribution that we have made. In saying that, the United States does want our moral support because that's always important in these types of things and he is delivering that. But another half a dozen officers sitting at computer terminals in Bahrain is not making one iota of difference. Ben Packham is The Australian's foreign affairs and defence correspondent. Correspondent Yoni Bashan is on the ground with Foreign Minister Penny Wong all week. You can read his reporting from her tour of the Middle East at theaustralian.com.au. My name is Manny Karoudis and I'm a former New South Wales policeman turned investigative reporter with a passion for missing persons cases. I'm here to quickly tell you about our True Crime Australia podcast, The Missing. In this series, I look at old missing persons cases which have all gone cold in an attempt to try and uncover new information which could help see these missing people reunited with their loved ones or any form of clue that could bring these families closure. The Missing is available now wherever you get your podcasts and early and ad-free on Crimex Plus on Apple Podcasts.